But today we're going to talk about uh, the source of true life from a famous passage in uh, John chapter uh, 15. Now, this is kind of the time of year when uh, maybe at least some of you are getting your oil changed on your car or maybe getting it in for a checkup for winter is coming and maybe getting those winter tires changed over. I mean, we know when it comes to a car that we need to do maintenance now and then, else, you know, the car just kind of dies. Uh, we do that with our physical bodies. We go to the doctor sometimes and we get a checkup or we're not feeling very well and we uh, get his advice and he evaluates us. We, we uh, sort of do maintenance on our physical body. Uh, we do that with our teeth. We go to the dentist, check it out, take some x-rays, and, and then you're like, oh, I got another cavity. Uh, we go to the eye doctor. We get our, we get our eyes examined to make sure that we're still seeing you know, well. We, we do a lot of things where we go and get them checked out. We get these evaluations done. But how much more important is it that we do that for our soul, for our spirit, for our spiritual life? Because really, uh, our spiritual life is so vital to who we are. Uh, what is going on in your heart, in your spirit, in your soul really can affect your physical body. I mean, when you're filled with anxiety or worry or stress or you, your, your soul is feeling dark and do, gloomy, I mean, it affects your physical body. I mean, a lot of the ailments that people face is just because th their spiritual life isn't in place. Uh, in fact, one uh, verse in Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. That we are to be paying especially careful attention to how our heart is doing or our soul or our spirit is doing because all of life flows out of that. Negatively, you can look at it this way. Jesus said, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, idolatry, uh, adultery, sorry, uh, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander, that all those things that come out of our life that we don't like, it comes out of our hearts, our soul, that, that it's just not, it's off. And, and so we need to continue to do uh, regular maintenance on our heart, our spirit, our soul. We need to do regular checkups just as we do in, in all areas of life. Now, if you go to the doctor and you got something wrong, he's probably going to ask you some questions. You know, how you been feeling, what have you been eating or whatever it might be. You go to the dentist, he might say, have you had any tooth pain? You go to the mechanic, he might ask How's your car been running? Anything that I need to look out for, whatever? I mean, they ask questions. And so for us to sort of evaluate, do some maintenance on our spiritual life, we need to look at some questions to kind of maybe say, hey, how are we doing when it comes to our heart, our soul, our spirit? And so I'm just going to ask a bunch of questions. They come from all different aspects of uh, spiritual life and, and our faith. And so here we go. Uh, can you write a list of prayers God has answered in the last month. And so if I were to ask you, can you write a list of all the prayers that God has answered in the last month in your life? If you can't, it may be that you don't pray a lot. I mean, you know those people who are like, man, God answered this and he's doing this. There are always people who pray a lot. I mean, the Bible says you do not have because you don't ask. And if you don't spend a lot of time asking and praying, you're not going to see a lot of answered prayer. And so are, are you able to write a list of some of the things that God has answered in your life in, in this last month? It's a question dealing with, with our spiritual state. Uh, have you started acting like the people who hurt you? We're going to get hurt. We're living in a broken world. You're going to get hurt by people here at church. You're going to get hurt by people outside of church. But have you started acting like those who hurt you? 
that you, you're not taking the higher road that Jesus calls you to take, but you've come down to their level, and you're treating them just as you're, they're treating you, and that's a condition that something's off in your heart, in your soul, in your spiritual life. Uh, what have you been reading in the Bible this week? If you're like, uh, nothing. <laughs> I mean, Jesus said, hey, look, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from this book. I mean, this is our, our owner's manual. I mean, a lot of, so many times when we need wisdom in life, man, there's so much wisdom in here. I mean, we can make a lot of like screwy mistakes in our life because we just fail to listen to this book. Uh, what, what have you been reading in the Bible this week? Uh, do you feel a love relationship with God? I mean, if you were just to pause and in silence and just think about your relationship with God, I mean, does, does your heart skip a beat? Do you feel this love relationship with God that you are in love with Him and He, His love is shining upon you? If, if you just feel kind of dark or off or very, very distant, it may be a sign that you've been distant from God or that things are off or that you are... Uh, your heart is filled with disobedience or any of those kinds of things. Uh, we should feel a love relationship with God. Uh, do you get quickly offended or have a hard time admitting you've messed up? I mean, this is, are you working on killing your pride? Because we need to continue to look for opportunities in our life where we can kill our pride because we are called to walk humbly. God fights against the proud, but he lifts up the humble. And how are you doing admitting your mistakes to your spouse, to your friends, to your coworkers? How are you doing at putting away offense when people offend you? Because they will, right? Uh, how about this one? Do you see the local church as a vital, vital part of your Christian life and cherish the opportunity to be a part of it? I mean, the idea of a strong spiritual Christian in the Bible who doesn't go to church, to a local church, it's not in there. I mean, we're called to the body of Christ because here is where we can serve each other and encourage each other and pray for each other and be built up. And, and it's a place that, you know, we should be excited to come, even though sometimes you get a bad sermon and the worship's off, right? Uh, right? Uh, but we should cherish the opportunity to be a part of this place. I mean, it's such a privilege to be a part of the body of Christ. And what I often see in people, when people stop sort of coming to church and they skip a week and then they two and then three, it's not long where they end up in trouble or just far from God or their, their soul is dry and crusty because Jesus has called us to be a part of a local, local body. It's a sign of spiritual health. Uh, are you experiencing a greater output of the fruit of the Spirit than, than, than you did last year? The love, the joy, the peace, the patience. Do you, do you see that? You know, that's stronger in me than, than it was last year. That's a sign of, of you growing spiritually. Uh, do you find you can easily enter into worship, or does it take a long time to warm up? So you come to church, and, and we start to worship. Does it take you a few songs to kind of, your heart is maybe able to lift, lift up to God, or can you just come and immediately just enter in? That's a sign of how close you are and how your walk is with Jesus. Because here's what happens. Like, you know when sometimes you're like, you haven't seen someone for a really long time, and you sit down to have a conversation, it might feel a little awkward until you catch up on things, and you're like, oh, this is not the way it used to be, and it takes a while to warm up. Or some people who you're very close to, you get to start talking, and all of a sudden you're there, because you're just, you're talking all the time, and it can be that way with God. 
That if you haven't been thinking about God all week or your, your soul's been wrapped up in other things and you show up in church and sometimes it can take a little while to kind of warm up, warm up to worship and prayer and, and to listening where if you're walking with God, it doesn't matter what song is being sung or what's being preached. You just, you just feel, God, I just want more of you. It's a sign of a spiritual health. Uh, do you have a healthy respect for God and quickly retreat from anything that displeases him? In other words, more than, hey, I'm just forgiven. You get to go to heaven. That you actually respect God who owns the universe and is very big and huge and amazing. That you actually think about him when you're tempted to sin. God is watching. Jesus is here. We're in love. I mean, we're, we have this relationship. And, and does, that, does that enter into your heart as a sign of, of, of spiritual health? Uh, do others notice true spiritual growth in you? Do others see you as a loving, humble, and unselfish person? And maybe you're not the best person to ask uh, that of yourself, but, but what would your spouse say or your friends say or others who know you? Would they say, you know, that person, he's loving, he's unselfish, he is humble. And those three things are three things that are very primary to us as believers. Do others notice this growth in you? A couple more. Uh, who are those whom you are praying for and thinking about who don't know Jesus? Can you list them? Who are those who don't know Jesus you're praying for and thinking about? They're like, um, then, then you're off mission. <laughs> you're, you're off mission. Part of what he has called us to is to go and make disciples and to love and to pray for those who don't know Jesus because Jesus is amazing and he changes your life and we want that for others. And if that's not part of your mind and your thinking, then that's a sign that something's off spiritually. And last one, are you happy with who you are becoming? I mean, you just look over this last year, and because we're always changing, either we're getting closer to God or farther from God, are you happy in whom you're becoming? Do you like what is coming out of your life when people push you or bump you or hurt you? Do you, do you, do you like what you see? Because again, Jesus says everything flows out of the heart. So how are you doing spiritually? How is your soul, how is your heart doing today? Now, of course, there's enough questions in there somewhere to give us all the case, case of the guilty, somewhere, right? Uh, because, I mean, we're not always perfect, but we need to be striving forward. Now, sometimes our response to something like this is like, yeah, I'm not doing so well on that, and I guess I just got to try harder, you know? I'll put in some effort, right? I'll try harder, and that may help you for a week or two, but then you're going to bail on it, right? It's just the way we are. I mean, at least I'm this way. When I go to the hygienist and they, they clean my teeth, they always say, Jesse, how often do you floss? And I say, well, maybe once a week or so. And they say, you should be flossing every day. I'm like, yes, I should. And I go home and I do it for about two weeks. And then like, I'll try harder. And then I get back to my old habit. And this is the way it is, right? I got to read my Bible more. Okay, I'm going to get this plan and I'm going to do it. Or I got to pray more. I got to love more. I got to kill pride. I'm just going to try harder. And this is what we do. And we just end up doing it really well for a little while. And then we get tired, and they're like, it's not working, and then we kind of bail. The answer to having a healthy soul, to having a healthful, healthy spirit, is not so much about trying harder. It is about being connected more closely to your, your power source, right? I mean, if you have a light bulb with, a, with an extension cord, it doesn't matter how hard that light bulb tries to light up. It can, like, light up and turn red and it's not going to work until it's connected to the power source. 
And, and we're totally like that. For some reason, we think, if I just try harder, boom, I'm going to create all this energy and passion and spiritual life. And it doesn't work that way. We need to plug ourselves in to our power source. And all of a sudden, these things that we think, I'm trying so hard, just more often naturally begin to happen. And this is exactly what Jesus is talking about in our passage today. It's a very famous passage about a grapevine and some, and some vines and some fruit. Uh, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. That he is the vine where all the, the little branches on, on a grape plant get their life from. Now, I don't know how many of you have a grape plant in your yard. Not so many. And that's what I figured. We're not real familiar with grape plants because we don't live in Israel. If you go there, they have grapes everywhere. If you live in the Okanagan, you see them a lot. We are more familiar with trees, right? We have lots of trees around here. So we're going to shift this illustration a little bit because I probably, most of you have a tree in your yard. And if you don't, you just got to look at your window and you see trees because we have lots and lots of trees. And so this is the way Jesus speaks this illustration that he is the roots and the trunk and we are the branches. Now, these branches here are nice and green and fluffy and doing really well because they're getting all their nutrients from the trunk and the roots. Now, if I were to come here with this tree, and, and if I were to cut off a little branch off this tree, I mean, this branch is still green, still looks really healthy, but the reality is it's slowly dying. I mean, like, if you just look at this, you say, wow, this is a really healthy branch. It's doing so well. But it's slowly dying, and pretty soon will be good for nothing except for throwing in your fire or whatever. And that's what Jesus talks about here. So Jesus' point is this. He says, he says I am the trunk and the roots. We are the branches. So we are all these branches. And he says, if we remain in him and stay in Jesus and are connected with Jesus, we will be green and healthy and we'll... And, We'll have to change this to a fruit tree in a bit, but produce lots of fruit, right? But he says, if you aren't remaining in me, that you will be cut off, you will be pruned and thrown in the fire because if you remove yourself from the tree, you, you're going to slowly die. And again, I mean, I see this as a pastor sometimes. People who are like plugged into things and they're green and their soul is doing well and all of a sudden they, they just kind of disconnect a little bit from Jesus, because work has taken over, or a new relationship has taken over, or hobbies, or sports, or some of those good gifts that God gives us. Sometimes we make those number one, and, and, and they're disconnected, and all of a sudden their fruit begins to go, and all of a sudden they slowly begin to die. And maybe some of you today are a disconnected branch. I mean, you just, you just find that you really bombed on the test and your, you know, your soul is dark and you're just really struggling and, and things are falling apart. And, and could it be that you've pulled yourself from the power source? So this is what Jesus is talking about in our text today. And so let's, let's hit it. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now, when Jesus says, I am the true vine, he's got a specific point. He didn't just say, I am the vine. He says, I am the true vine, because he's speaking to his disciples who uh, were a part of the nation of Israel. And the idea of a vine throughout the, all the Old Testament was a symbol of the nation of Israel. Uh, they had coins, some of the coins during the Maccabean periods had, had pictures of a vine on them because that was their national symbol. The temple had all these elaborate gold vines with branches because the vine stood for the nation of Israel. 
And Jesus comes in and he says, I am the true vine. That in many ways he becomes the true Israel of the nation of Israel. I mean, it's not by accident that Jesus went down into Egypt after he was born, just as Israel did. It's not by accident that he spent 40 days in the desert, just as Israel spent 40 years in the desert, because Jesus comes to be the true Israel. Now, we look to Jesus for our hope, and he is our king, and he is our nation and kingdom. So he is the true vine, and then he says, my father is the gardener. So there's more to this tree and us as branches. There's the father who is the gardener, and he's the guy who looks after the tree, who is in charge of the tree. And it says this, he, that is the father, cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So we need to change this into a fruit tree, so just picture fruit all over this tree, because he's talking about a fruit tree, and I didn't want to dig up mine. <coughs> so uh, he says he cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit. Now, the question is, is what is fruit? What, what kind of fruit is he talking about? Apples, oranges, you know? If you look at uh, the Bible when it talks about fruit, it talks about it in a number of ways. First of all, Galatians 5, it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That this, this is fruit. This is the fruit that God wants to see. And this is all stuff we want, Okay? I don't think there's any of you here saying, you know, I don't want that stuff in my life. I just don't want to love, and I don't want to be joyful, especially don't want to be miserable. I don't want peace and patience. That's, you know, that's no fun and kind. We all want this. I mean, you want your, your marriages to be more loving and filled with more patience. We want just our lives to be more joyful. We want this, and this text answers how you can get it, okay? Fruit may be this. Hebrews 13 says, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly confess his name. And so things that we do for God and others that are sacrificial can be fruit. When we give when, uh, money away or when we help someone or we, we sing a worship song to God, even though it's a song we don't like, like Shine Jesus Song, Shine, because I don't like that song, right? That's a sacrifice of praise and that's fruit because my heart is right, right? Uh, or Ephesians 5, live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So this is the fruit of light. It's anything that's good, righteous, and true. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. And so fruit really is anything that pleases God, especially the fruit of the Spirit, okay? So he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So the father looks at the tree, and he sees a branch maybe that has no fruit. It's, it's dead. It's dying. And he cuts it off, and all of a sudden, it's not a part of Christ anymore. Now, theologically, people freak out all over the, this verse, right? Because there's the debate of, well, does this mean someone can lose their salvation? If someone's connected to Jesus and they get cut off, you know, does that mean they could lose their salvation? There are a few people who think that. Uh, more think that uh, this text is uh, not talking about someone who had lost their salvation because uh, a majority of Christians teach that you can't, that if you have genuinely given your heart to Jesus, that Jesus gives you a new heart, therefore you have a regenerated heart with new desires, and therefore you will always have a desire 
and go up and down to, to follow Jesus. But they would say, maybe this is talking about someone like Judas who seemed to be hanging around Jesus, and, you know, but he was cut off because he uh, ran from Jesus, that he was never truly uh, a true disciple. More people say, most commentators will say this, look, this shouldn't even enter into our discussion because this is not what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about whether someone can lose their salvation or not. He is talking about fruitfulness. And the simple point that Jesus is making, because, by the way, every parable, every illustration breaks down at some point. If you keep pushing it, it's, uh, things like this aren't always the best place to get your theology uh, from. He is saying fruitfulness, that when you connect yourself to the trunk and the roots, you will bear fruit. If you pull yourself away or if you're not bearing fruit, it means you're not connected to the trunk and the roots. So you want to see more spiritual life. You want to see more fruit in your life. It has to do with being connected with Jesus. We've got to connect ourselves because the point of this sermon is really the stuff we need for life is found in a deep connection with Jesus. Those things that you really need right now in your life is going to be found primarily in a deep connection with Jesus. Now, the other branches, he says this, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And this is kind of odd. Every single person goes through some sort of pruning. Some are removed, others are pruned. So the father looks out and he sees this branch and it's doing, he goes, wow, it's producing fruit. That is great. And he says, you know what? I believe that branch can produce more fruit. That branch is not living up to its potential. Good stuff. But I think he, so he takes out his shears and he starts pruning the branch, right? He starts, you know, going to make more fruit from this, this, this tree, right? And now, do you think that's fun for the tree? And the tree's like, woo, I'm being cut up to bits, right? No. Uh, the idea of pruning, just the idea to think about it means often hardship or pain or a struggle or a difficult period. Same illustration God uses of refining, the refiner's fire, that God often talks about refining his people where you take gold with impurities and you put it into the fire and it's heated really hot and out comes this pure gold because it's been refined. The father looks out at us as his kids and sometimes he sees us bearing fruit and he says, you know what, I know you can do more. And we will all go through seasons of pruning. We will go through seasons where God begins to clip things off our life because he maybe looks at us and says, you know, you're too fluffy. You got too many things going on. You need to cut back and get to what's really important. So I'm going to, you know, deal with this in your life. I'm going to deal with this in your life. Or maybe he sees certain attitudes. You know, this attitude needs to go. And you're like, ouch, because usually he brings something up that makes it maybe not so fun. Maybe some of you are going through pruning today. Maybe there's some things in your life that God says, you know, it's time that you take the next level in your Christian walk. It's time that you grow in the fruit of the Spirit. It's time that you grow in ministry. It's time you grow in your perspective, what's going on in Christianity or whatever it might be. And so he begins to prune you. And it's really important that we work with God through the pruning that he's doing in our lives. Now, you might say, well, how do I know if it's God pruning me or like Satan attacking me? And that's where you ask for wisdom. If anyone has need his wisdom, you ask God. And, and sometimes God will just say, hey, you're going through a pruning right now. Work with me. Sometimes God says, you got to pray. This is from the enemy, right? Uh, 
but we go through pruning. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4, and it could be odd things. In 1 Peter chapter 4, it says this, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be shamed, but praise God that you bear that name. And the suffering he's talking about is persecution. These Christians were being persecuted, and he says this, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And the idea of judgment is not punishment here, but the idea of refining and pruning. That God was allowing these Christians to be persecuted because he was pruning them. Maybe God will bring along someone at work, kind of ticks you off. They say, I'm going to prune you a little bit. I want you to take the high road on this, not the low road. And so I'm going to prune you a little bit. It could be a host of things. Uh, David said, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. That God says, I want you to rise a little higher when it comes to my word. I'm going to do some pruning. I mean, are you going through pruning today? Because you know what? We so underestimate ourselves. God, who is our father, looks down at us as kids and says, man, you can bear amazing fruit. You can live at a higher plane. You can be more effective to the kingdom. I mean, you think you're hot stuff right now, and he gets in there, he starts pruning up, and you know, and all of a sudden we begin to grow. He does this. No one escapes pruning. You cut off or you are pruned in this text. Then he says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now he, of course, is relating a little bit to John chapter 13. You remember in John chapter 13, Jesus begins to wash the disciples' feet, and uh, he gets to Peter, and Peter's like, you're not washing my feet, because I'm just little old Peter, and you're Jesus, you know, the king, the Messiah, you can't wash my feet. Pride sometimes reveals itself in a hard time receiving from others, right? Uh, he had a hard time receiving his feet being washed, and so he's, Jesus says, well, if you don't let me wash my feet, you can't have nothing to do with me. And Peter says, whoa, I'll then wash my whole body. And Jesus says, hey, look, you know, someone who's had a bath doesn't need to have a bath again. They just need their feet clean because they had sandals and they got dirty, right? And he was talking, of course, figuratively, right, about being clean, that these disciples were already clean because of the word that Jesus had spoken, and they had taken his word to heart. They had uh, received nutrients from the vine, and they're clean. And this is what happens. The deeper you go in Jesus, the more clean you will feel. The deeper you go in Jesus, the more nutrients you will receive. I mean, just take a deep breath. I mean, do you just feel the, just the cleanliness inside because of your relationship with God? I mean, is there just crusty stuff in there because maybe you're just kind of hanging on by, by, by a thread? It's in Jesus where forgiveness is found and grace is found and power is found and life is found. The stuff we need for life, it's found in a deep connection with Jesus. And then he says, remain in me and I also remain as I also remain in you. So this is kind of a two-way thing. He says, first of all, remain in me. Over and over again in this passage, he says, Remain in me, remain in, remain in me, or the word means abide, or to make your home with. You know, someone says, hey, come make yourself at home. So Jesus is saying, branches, come make yourself at home with me. 
dig in, eat the, in the fridge, look what's under the, you know, in the, the closets because everything is yours because you're my kids. Come and drink. I have so much to give, so much nutrients. Abide in me, remain in me. And this is his call. And his promise is that when we connect ourselves to Jesus, he says, I'm going to remain in you. And that's that promise from Hebrews 13. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The closer you connect yourself with Jesus, the more you're going to be filled by Jesus. The more nutrients you are going to receive. Remain in Jesus, and he will remain in you. And then he says this, no branch can bear fruit by itself. Right? You take a branch that's been cut off, it doesn't matter how hard this branch tries, there ain't no apples coming, right? It just can't because it's connected from its life source. And if you begin to pull yourself away to Jesus and get wrapped up in all kinds of other things in, in, in your marriage or your relationships or your work or your just heart begins to go down the drain, I mean, it doesn't matter how hard you try. I mean, like, I'm going to try harder. Man, this thing can try as hard as it wants. It's not going to produce a lot of fruit because it's not connected to the trunk and the roots. And this is what Jesus says. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, apart from the trunk and the roots, this branch is dying. It will not produce fruit. It doesn't matter how hard this branch tries. It doesn't matter how many fun things this branch gets wrapped in. It doesn't matter how much self-talk he does. The branch is dying and will not produce fruit. Its only hope is to connect itself. You know, if you were a good fruit tree grafter or whatever, you could plug it back in there, right? Its hope is the trunk and the roots, and that's our hope. The trunk and the roots, the stuff we need for life is found in deep connection with Jesus. This is what Philippians 1 says. This is Paul praying for the Philippians that they would be blessed. And he says that they might be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Where does fruit come from? From Jesus Christ. What the text is saying, Jesus saying, remain in me. And he doesn't just say this once. It's like a call. You know what Jesus is calling to all of us? Connect with me. Abide with me. Make your home with me. Draw close to me because I have what you need for life. I have the stuff. Just come to me, and I want to bless you, and I want to help you. And sometimes you're going to go through pruning, but life happens when you connect yourself with me. Don't run away. This, this is his call because without him, we can't do anything. You're like, well, I can do some things without them. Yeah, that's why our lives are miserable sometimes, right? I mean, those frustrating things in our life, those things when we hurt people, when, when we were just feeling no peace or no joy or overwhelmed with anxiety and worry, that's all stuff we do on our own. Good, good job, hey? <laughs> we don't do well on our own. As much as a branch disconnected does, does not do well, you need the trunk, you need the tree. Now, when you look at a fruit tree, I mean, you ever see a fruit tree just out there just like shaking? I gotta bear fruit. And it just calmly just sits there, absorbs the nutrients, the branches just calmly produce the fruit, and it looks easy. And maybe not always producing fruit is easy in our life, but 
The point is, the stuff you need for life is found in deep connection with Jesus. If you want to see more fruit in your life, you've got to connect yourself deeper to Jesus. You've got to go deeper. You've got to make yourself more home. You've got to seek him more. You've got to get to know him better because the closer you are, the more the nutrients are going to flow your way. Because the reality is, uh, we have a river of life. And it's open to everyone. That Jesus is saying, if you connect yourself to the trunk, the tree, you receive a river of life. I mean, if you're in trouble today, you have a river available of life flowing to you, which open yourself up. If you're filled with anxiety, there is a river. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a mom or a dad or a kid or a mechanic or a carpenter or a CEO, the river is open. I mean, if there's something in your life where you just can't make sense of and you need wisdom, there is a river of wisdom and it's flowing from the throne, it's flowing from the trunk, it's flowing from the roots. And Jesus is saying, come, step in, remain in me, connect with me. The stuff you need for life is found in a deep connection with me. Why are you running? Why are you thinking you can do it on your own? Because look what ends up happening. Come, he says. It's found in Jesus. I mean, what do you need today? Where are you struggling? What is going on? I tell you, the answer, at least for the most part, is going to be found in Jesus. What you need in life is found in a deep connection with Jesus. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk more just about that theme as we talk about experiencing God and uh, the seven realities. But, man, Jesus is there for us. Let's open our hearts, hearts to him. Uh, after the service, there will be people up here who will be happy to pray uh, with you. Uh, I'll be here, and uh, Deanna, you're available to pray. Yeah, and maybe Abby, you'll be up here as well. So if you need any uh, prayer, your things are going well, and you want to thank God, or you have a request, please come forward after the service, and I'll be happy to pray with you. Otherwise, let's stand as we close. Father, we... Uh, we thank you, God, that you've provided us a trunk that we can connect with. God, that you've provided more than enough nutrients, more than enough water, more than enough life than we could ever handle. God, I pray you would not let us go another day, another hour without learning to deeply connect with you. God, I pray those, for those in this room that are struggling with worry and anxiety, God, that they would connect with you and experience the peace that passes all understanding. God, I pray for those in this room that are struggling with joy, that we come to the source of all joy. God, I pray for those who are struggling with sin and are trying harder to fight it, God, that they would connect with you and receive the life and the power and the hope, God, that they need to make a difference in their life. God, we love you. We thank you for everything you do for us. God, we thank you that you call us. And so, God, help us to answer. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen.